Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. There's one biblical word that stands out for me at the beginning of Lent. It's a word that appears in the liturgy, in the readings, and we may even hear it on Ash Wednesday when you had your ashes traced on your forehead. The priest or the deacon or the extraordinary minister may have spoken this word, repent. Repent and believe in the gospel as they trace those ashes on your forehead. I want to talk about that word repent because it gets to the real heart of Lent. You see, the word repent means literally to turn, to turn back, to to turn away. The idea is you're turning away from sin and you're turning back toward Christ in your life. And that gets to the real heart of Lent. I know we've been talking a lot about the practices of Lent. We've been talking about the idea of picking up your cross daily to follow Jesus, especially in Lent, but here we're going to get to the real essence of it all, that Jesus wants to work a change in you. Are you aware of the things he wants you to repent of, the things he wants you to turn away from? You see, a true disciple of Jesus is aware that he has things he needs to change, that he has some brokenness inside. He has some disordered attachments, things he's too attached to and too focused on himself with, and, and he needs to change. Are you aware of those areas you need to repent of this Lent? Have you been sensing, you know, I, I better stop doing this or I, I better start treating this person better or I, I shouldn't respond in this way when these things happen? Are you aware of those things that you have to repent of? That's what I want to talk about in this week's podcast. How can we really experience the life of repentance in this Lenten season. But I really want to zoom in on something that's going to be an obstacle for all of us living in this modern secular world today, because there's an alternative gospel message out there, an alternative gospel message that makes us a little less aggressive in our desire for repentance. It makes us a little softer in our repentance. You know, in our secular world today, there's another message. It's not repent. It's the message that you should just be you. Do you ever hear that slogan? You be you. You know, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're you're God's gift to the universe. You just need to unleash, you know, your gifts, you know, so that the world could be a better place. And, and don't get me wrong. There's something beautiful, you know, that we should see that God did make every soul utterly unique. And we do each have a unique contribution to make to this world. But the UBU gospel that the world is selling us on, especially the, the next generation coming up here, this UBU gospel makes it hard for us to repent because if I'm just so very special and have a lot to offer this world, what do I really need to change? <laughs> what do I need to repent of? I want to talk about this UBU gospel and how it keeps us from the heart of Lent, the spirit of repentance. So welcome to the All Things Catholic podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I have just returned from a, a number of trips the last couple of weeks. I was in Newark, New Jersey, and the LA Congress for Religious Educators, where there were thousands of parish and school teachers and other religious educators from, from all over the world that were there. And I was also recently this last weekend in Oklahoma City for the big men's conference there and in Wichita. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to any of the new listeners, because I, I know I mentioned the podcast and a lot of people said they were going to check it out. So if you're one of the new listeners, 
listeners, welcome to the show. And I want to let you know we have uh, f- show notes that are available for you that you can get at ascensionpress.com slash Catholic. My good friends at Ascension help produce this and uh, get this podcast out there. So we, we pray for them and thank them for their hard work. And again, you can go to ascensionpress.com slash Catholic, and you can subscribe to those show notes that give a little more background, a little more information, outlines of the show, some additional resources, and those can come in your inbox each week as the podcast comes out. I also want to give a shout out to the many people I met who already have been listening in all these different cities. I, I kept meeting people saying, Dr. Shreya, listen to your podcast this week. I love the one about Lent or picking up your cross and following me. And so just thank you. That, that really means a lot to me when I get to meet the listeners and know that it's making a difference for their own walk with the Lord. So my prayers for all of you as well. But let's turn back now to this topic of this alternative gospel that keeps us from really living the spirit of repentance that we should always be living, right? That's what the Christian life is about. The Christian life is about constantly repenting, constantly converting, ongoing conversion as I'm being conformed to Christ. Well, let me tell you about the, the gospel message, basically, you know, in one way we could think of it this way. There's a couple fundamental principles that every Christian just has to have an, uh, an awareness of, that there is a creator. He created us. We didn't have to exist. He he freely, out of love, brought us into existence, and he has a wonderful plan for our lives. He created us each for a purpose to share in his love. It's amazing. And yet, when we live in this world, we notice there's a lot of suffering. We have a lot of problems. There's challenges in life. Why why do we experience suffering? Well, according to the, the Christian worldview, it's because of sin. Original sin, the sin of our first parents brought this discord into the universe. It brought illness, sickness, death. It brought division within the human family, anger, envy, murder, strife. All these things are a result of sin. And we've all contributed to this throughout the centuries. And so there is suffering because of sin. But the good news is that Jesus Christ has come, Jesus Christ crucified, that the Father sent his Son who entered into this world and into our brokenness, and he offered his life as a sacrifice for our sins, and he did this so that he could change us. Yes, he he, he wants to change us. He wants us to be conformed to him so that we could live like him, love like him, serve like him, sacrifice like him so we can ultimately share in his love so fully. So that that's the, the Christian worldview. And we all know that those are basic points that many of us have heard from our childhood. I want to contrast this though. I want you to hear the stark difference uh, between that Christian message and the secular gospel. You know, what is the secular world proclaiming? that there is no God, there's no creator, or maybe there is. And if there is, it doesn't really make a difference for our lives. You know, so you're just here. You just happen to be here. There's no purpose. There's no intrinsic meaning to your life that basically you have to give your life your own meaning and figure out what you want for life on your own. And that's where the gospel of you be you comes in. You know, I'm thinking about this because as I've been traveling, I travel through the Denver airport and there's these advertisements that, that are everywhere in the Denver airport. Uh, and it has these three words on the advertisement. And it has a picture of Grace Vanderwall. Do you, do you remember Grace Vanderwall, that famous teenage ukulele artist? 
she won the America's Got Talent at the age of 12 and has gone on to continue producing a lot of a lot of pieces. And well, anyway, she's there. She's holding her ukulele. She's got this little smile. And then the three words on the advertisement are you be you, you be you. Now, let's let's just think about that for a moment. You know, that that is the secular gospel message, right? There's no reason you're here. You're just here. There's no purpose, no plan to your life. You just be you. You know, you figure out what your life is all about. You come up, you know, you figure out your own identity, your own lifestyle, you can make up your own gender, whatever you want, right? Just you be you. I think that's different from what Christianity teaches, right? You know, that God wants to change me. And again, as I mentioned, it's true. God God does make us utterly unique and we are beautiful in God's eyes. He loves us, you know, and, and even we when we make mistakes, we sin, he still views us as so beautiful in his eyes and he loves us and he wants to seek us out. He wants to be reunited with us. But the whole point of that reunification, that reconciliation is we have to change. <laughs> we have to repent. And, and Christ has died for us and he's given us this grace so that we can be changed into his likeness. You know, so I, I, I don't think I want to be me, you know, cause I, who am I? I, I, I am, I, yes, I am beautiful in God's eyes. I am amazing. I am awesome. But in the end, I'm a sinner. <laughs> I, I am a sinner and I have broken inside. I don't want to be me, at least the me I am right now. I want to be the me that God has in store for me, you know, the the, the plan that he has for me. Uh, maybe the best way to think about this is I, I want to use the language of St. Paul here. I don't want to be me. I want to put on Jesus Christ. <laughs> I want to put on Christ more. I want to take on his character more. I want his grace to, to, to transform me, his love to radiate through me. I don't want to be me. I've, I've, I've tried to put on me and it doesn't fit very well, <laughs> you know, because uh, I've got a lot of selfishness and pride and greed and struggles and many sins and weaknesses, right? I, 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 want, I want to put Christ on more in my life and, and, and I want to cooperate with his plan for my life more. I think this is a wonderful thing to think about in Lent because in Lent, we know Jesus didn't die for me just so that I could be me. No, he died for me so that I could be changed. He died for me so that I could be reunited with the Father. He died for me. He, he went to great lengths and sacrificed his life for me because he knew how lost I was. That's a part of the gospel message. Be careful. If you're taking in a some Christian blogger or YouTube performer, whatever, you know, some Catholic influencer out there, and you you just keep getting these messages of you're special, you're wonderful, you're amazing. Just know that you're breathing in, maybe not fully a Catholic gospel, but a, a, a Catholic language, Christian biblical language that's maybe more grounded in the secular gospel of you be you. And, and I don't want to be clear. It's not that that's all bad. It's just not the whole story. You are amazing in God's eyes. That's true. You are beautiful in God's eyes, no matter how many mistakes you make in your life. You know, you are really beautiful and God loves you. But the real friendship you're going to have in God is not based on simply those statements. It's based on the fact that while we were sinners, he came down and gave his life for us. We were broken. We rebelled against him. It's just true. And we're weak and, and, and he needs to change us. So the secular gospel, you be you. There's no purpose to your life. You just happen to be here. 
but why is there suffering? You know, even people in the secular world have to admit there's suffering. There, there's pain and heartache in this world. Why is that? Well, they have a they have a narrative. They have a gospel message around this. Like, why is it that there's suffering? It's because, not because of sin, not because of original sin, not because of my own sin. No, no, no. It's not because of sin. It's because of other people. Other people cause me problems. Other people prevent me from being me. That's the gospel message of our secular age. You know, it's your parents. Your parents keep you from being you. It's your teachers, your coach, your roommate. You know, when you're older in life, it's it's your boss. Yeah, your boss just doesn't understand. He's the one that keeps you from being you. You're amazing, but he's the problem. Uh, or it's it's your spouse. You know, your spouse just doesn't understand you. You know, and, it, and your spouse doesn't appreciate you. And so you are trapped and, and you can't be you or it's those kids, you know, those kids just keep acting up and your children just don't behave well and they don't appreciate you. It's, it's your kid's fault or it's the church. Yeah. The Catholic church is against you or it's, it's Trump and Obama, you know, or what, you know, whatever, you know, political leader out there, they're the problem. You know, it's the government or multinational corporations. In other words, it's the, the reason they're suffering is because of, other people out there. They're preventing you from being you. They're preventing your genius from being unleashed and blessing this world. You see, there is suffering, but the the reason they're suffering isn't because of sin. It's not because of a problem in you. It's just a problem out there in the world. And so what you want to do is just be a part of some cause to fight against the enemy out there instead of seeing that, no, the enemy is actually inside you, tempting you every day. The gospel message, Christianity reminds us that, no, no, we are the ones facing an interior spiritual battle. The battle isn't simply out there. Don't get me wrong. There's leaders and sometimes parents and sometimes even church leaders that cause problems. Of course, of course, that's the case. But we as Christians have to always remember, no, on the inside, I got to look on the inside. The real spiritual battle is within. Do you see how different the secular gospel is of UBU? Because if, 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 if it's just you be you, then you have nothing to repent of. The problem isn't you. The problem is your boss. The problem is your coworker. The problem is your spouse. The problem is your friend. The problem's out there. You know, there's a, a great um, sociologist who teaches at Notre Dame. He's a Christian. His name is Christian Smith. He's written a number of works about the, the emerging generation, emerging adulthood, those in their teenage years, emerging into their 20s and even younger thirties. And he's, he's done a lot of extensive work on their belief systems and like uh, the ones that are Christian. What, what is it that they believe? And there are many Christians out there, both Protestant and Catholic that believe in God. And maybe they go to church a little bit, maybe they go regularly, but he describes their belief system as therapeutic deism, therapeutic deism, D E I S M. We'll, we'll put this in the show notes. But I want to, I'm less concerned about the term. I want to make sure you get the idea, though. What is therapeutic deism? First of all, what's deism? Deism is the philosophy that there is a God. This God did create the universe, but he's just not that involved in this world. You know, he, he doesn't really hear our prayers, maybe, or he doesn't perform miracles. He doesn't inspire scriptures. He doesn't guide the Catholic church. And he certainly doesn't make demands on our lives and he doesn't have a plan for our lives. He's just like the, the clockmaker God. That's the analogy often used that, you know, just like a clockmaker makes the clock and he winds it up, but then he just sits back and lets it tick. That's what God did. God just 
created the universe, wound it all up, set it in motion, and then just sits back and watches. He's the spectator god. He's just up there watching from a distance, but he's not really involved. That's 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 one tenet of 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 the younger belief that there is a god and he's there, but it's not a god that makes demands on my life. But there is a therapeutic component. So that's the second thing he calls a therapeutic deism. And the idea is that, well, this it's not a hardcore deism. Like they do believe that God is involved in their lives, that this God does hear their prayers, but it's a God that comes and just helps them with their problems. <laughs> you know, it's a God that just comes and listens to, to me and helps me with my problems and uh, helps me with my plans for my life. These are my dreams. These are my goals. And I call on God, God, help me with this test. God, help me with this project at work. God, help me with this relationship. Hope this relationship works out and we could get married. You know, so it's like, I bring God in, 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 and he comes and helps me in the things I want him to help me with, but he's not really challenging me. I mean, he doesn't really make demands on my life. He doesn't challenge me to stop sleeping with my boyfriend or he doesn't challenge me to serve the poor. <laughs> he doesn't challenge me to be more patient with my wife. He doesn't challenge me to, to you know, spend more time with my kids when it's difficult and they're, they're complaining or they're whining or they're sick. You know, no, don't know God, that, 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 there's not so much of a God that's making demands on my life and calling me to repent. No, 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 no. God is there. He's not really involved except when I need him. God, hey, I need some help with this. I've got this plan for my life, God, and you can help me solve my problems. You can help me achieve my goals for life. That's the therapeutic part of, of this, uh, this faith system that many young people have, Catholic and Protestant Christians, in our, in our world today. What are, what are the signs that maybe you have breathed in some of this UBU gospel? What are some signs that maybe you are falling into therapeutic deism or your, your kids are falling into therapeutic deism? I'm going to give you just two examples, and I'd love to do maybe a follow-up show where we walk through this a little bit more. We have lots of conversations about this at the Focus office, and Focus, we're, of course, serving this younger generation. So we're thinking through how can we best help them really be grounded in the true gospel, really fully, you know, the young people on campuses and, and not just a therapeutic kind of gospel. So one of the signs that maybe uh, we, we might be falling in into a, a therapeutic vision of Christianity is is in our prayer life. Ask, ask yourself in your prayer life, do you tend to focus just on you? Do you tend to focus on you? Like is, is most of your prayer life talking to God about what's going on in your life and your problems? Or are you just talking to God mostly about the things you want to talk about? And this is what I'm working on right now. And this is what I need your help with God. How much do you spend really listening to him? How much are you spending just meditating on his life, reflecting on his life? trying to imitate Jesus? I mean, do you spend time just reading the Gospels, for example, really doing good Lexio Divina, not reading it therapeutically? Oh, how can Jesus heal me right now? And don't get me wrong. Yeah, Jesus wants to heal you. And that could be a, a, a definite, should be a hope, a part of your prayer life. But is that all you're doing is fucking, oh, Jesus, help me with my problem. Help heal me with this weakness, whatever. Or do I actually just reflect on Jesus' life and I just notice, notice how attentive Jesus was to this other person. And Jesus, how can I be attentive to the people around me? Notice how Jesus was meek when somebody offended him and they mocked him and he didn't try to defend himself. Man, when somebody in the office just doesn't treat me well, I feel like I'm not treated well. How do I respond? Do I respond like Jesus meekly? 
or, or do I respond in a different way? Or, or do I notice how Jesus forgives and I'm going, Oh wow. I I've been holding this grudge against someone. I'm, I'm Jesus. I, I think I need to change. In other words, when you pray, when you reflect on the life of Christ, are you asking him, how can I repent? How can I change? How, how, how can I live differently? How can I live more like you, Jesus? Are we really doing that? You know, do we really seek to imitate Jesus in our lives? We don't want to just bring our problems to Jesus. We want to bring Jesus's life into our problems. And so do I, do I fill my mind, my imagination, my memory with his life? And I'm, I'm, I'm pondering each day in my prayer life how he lives. And I'm, and I'm asking him to help me to live more like him. You know, again, I want to say that line again. I think that's important. And don't get me wrong. We should bring our problems to Jesus. I hope you're not, I hope you're catching that. You know, I, I, we really, Jesus wants to bring our, us to bring our problems to him. He wants us to share our dreams with him. We should do this. He, he wants us to ask him for healing. He wants to do that work in us. That, that is an important part of our prayer life. It just shouldn't be the only thing. And it shouldn't be the, the main thing all the time. Am I taking time to listen to him and reflect on his life and allow his life to change me? So I'm going to say that line again. We shouldn't just bring or only bring, we shouldn't only bring our problems to Jesus. We should also bring Jesus's life into our problems. And how do we do that? By meditating on his life, filling our mind, our imagination, and our memory with the life of Christ and noticing how gentle he was, how patient he was, how sacrificial he was, how generous he was. I, I, am I filling my mind with that? Because that's ultimately what's going to help me with, with my problems is living like Christ. And that leads to the last point I'll, I'll, I'll ask is how do, you, how do you handle the problems that come up in life, the crosses you face each day? You know, when there's that coworker that just frustrates you or that boss that you just feel like he doesn't understand or you're, 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 you're in a dating relationship and you're worried about it or there's some struggles in your marriage or with one of your children. How do you respond to those crosses that come up in life? Those problems in the parish, those problems in the office, those problems at home. Do you see them as simply just problems on the outside? You know, there's some problem out there and God, I need your help. Can you, can you change that situation? Change that problem out there. Or do you see the problem is inside you? Do you see that these things that are happening on the outside are opportunities for you to encounter Christ more? Maybe Jesus is calling you to change your attitude, change your approach, change how you respond. Maybe he's calling you to repent of something. Not to say that other people aren't doing something wrong and, and we want to ask God for help there too. But but I should always at first look inside. If God allowed this situation to happen, this conversation went really badly or this meeting didn't go well or something, some decision was made at the parish and it's really frustrating. When those things happen, do I see them as just problems out there? And, you know, well, they're, they're just, they're messing things up. It's keeping me from being me, keeping me from doing what I want. Do you hear the secular gospel penetrating into your heart when you do that? Or do you also see, you know what? Yeah, there's a problem out there. And, and maybe God wants me to address that problem out there. But first, God, why did you allow that to happen? What are, you, what are you trying to do inside of me? How are you trying to change me? What are you inviting me to repent of? That's the real drama of the interior life is when those things unfold, how do I respond? 
the UBU gospel just says all the problems are out there. You just got to fight against those problems because they're keeping you from being you. The Christian gospel is why are there problems? Why are there sufferings? It's because of sin. And there's sin out there, but there's also sin in my heart. And I need Jesus to change me. I may not be able to control the sin of my boss, the sin of my parish leaders, my the sin of uh, a certain family member. I might not be able to control that, but I can work on my own sin in my own heart and repent and believe in the gospel, my friends. That is the essence of Lent. Be on the lookout for those opportunities to change, to repent this Lenten season. Well, thanks so much for listening. It's been a a blast thinking a lot about Lent at a deeper level with all of you. And uh, once again, if you want to get those show notes, check out ascensionpress.com slash allthingscatholic. Again, that's ascensionpress.com slash allthingscatholic. And you can always reach out to me with any questions or comments. You can find me on my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. May God bless you.